1: A day podcast.
2: Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day Podcast. It is Thursday. The weekend is almost here. It is your Thursday crew of the Pack a Day Podcast. How are we looking? I am Jason Perrona of the Pack a Day Podcast, along with Game on Wisconsin, the Quick slides Podcast. With me, as always, Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel. Of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and his Packers unrestricted YouTube show, gentlemen. We just missed the news cycle by one day, Mark. We were doing so well <laughs> last year, yeah. two years ago. We were we were spoiled, yeah. and it's like now the universe is caught up with us, and we're a day late and a dollar short all the time.
3: Well, I think I know what happened. They <laughs> they they know that <laughs> we're the best of, of the group. I mean, everybody everybody on Packet a Day is good. They're all good. Uh-huh. Everybody. So we're the best. I mean, let's, let's face it. Let's just be honest. You gotta. And you got. It's so true. You got to rock it. Instead of just handing us the easy stories, they want us to come up with something different. So they're, they're making it a little easier for the other guys that aren't quite as good as us, you know. All but is right. fine. I, I understand that.
2: So as obviously, I, I'm obviously talking about the news that broke <laughs> on Tuesday. Was it or was it Monday that Jair Alexander Tuesday. was? signing his extension and that's been talked about and discussed and I know we're all very happy about that so today we have a topic of our own which we will introduce but before we do we got to do the weather as always so without any further ado we go as far east as possible our friend Alex out in Poland who says thought he might send in another weather report to help during the football doldrums and he said but the weather's not very interesting in Poland right now high 60s to low seventies, mostly sunny. That doesn't sound too bad. I would. I don't care if it's boring. I'll take that as boring all the time. He said really? it's so dull. I started watching basketball again. And he is a. Uh, he's from Slovenia originally, so he is following Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. No comment from this Suns fan here. And then in staying with, in staying with, being as far east as possible, we go over to Oslo, Sweden, where Paul Bredel has an entry for weather this week.
1: Yep, so our friend Green Bay Packers Sweden from Stockholm, he's actually traveled south, left the country. He's in Copenhagen, Denmark, for a Simple Minds concert. said the weather was a little disappointing, 65-ish for the high, 45 low, hoping for better weather throughout the weekend. Sounds pretty similar to what it's been here. However, I'm happy about that.
2: Oh, we haven't. Okay, I'm sorry, Jessica. Well, no, take it away, Mark, because you have Mark. Coming in with an entry in Europe, I'll let well, you introduce the whole I thing. I actually
3: have two. I actually have two now because we have another one from Oslo. Okay. I thought Paul had the same one I have. I have our my our friend Robin Erickson from Oslo. That's right. And he says um, tomorrow, meaning it was yesterday <laughs> when he sent it to me, which was their National Constitution Day in Sweden. I didn't know that. It was 64 18- Celsius, but 64 are Fahrenheit. Nothing but sun, quite windy. He said he will sleep through most of it after my night shift, but barbecuing in the evening with celebratory drunken family members. Summer is here, at least for now. That's in Oslo. But now I also have, and uh, you know, all of a sudden now I'm the weather guy. People want to send me their weather. That's good. Send it to me because Paul insulted me last week, says that nobody sends me their weather. And I find it amazing that we get all these, We nobody from like, I don't know florida sends us their weather but we get it from all over europe so we have brussels belgium checking in with us and i hope i pronounce my man's name right it's Jura. j-u-r-a-j is that Jura? is the second j silent
2: i don't know, your guess is as good as mine
3: well Jura, i'm sure you're you're listening correct us if we're pronouncing your name wrong and i apologize if, if we are but he says hi guys here's the weather report for brussels for thursday Summer has arrived early. Wednesday will be sunny with 79 degrees Fahrenheit, and on Thursday, hot, up to 86 with showers and thunderstorms. So if you're in if you're in Brussels, have your umbrella ready. Now, if you're here at Myrtle Beach, put that umbrella away. There's, there's nothing but sunshine and 80s, and in, <laughs> if you want an umbrella, it's on the beach as one of them beach umbrellas, which I personally don't use because... I enjoy the sun. I want to get, I want to get dark. So that was
2: excellent. Great transition there, Mark. You might I have a future in,
3: in weather forecasting.
2: Yeah, I don't know or, something or like writing. that. Can't I can't <laughs> wait till uh, we start getting some exciting weather in like the the hurricane season or something. Oh and, you yeah, know, I can't wait for that either. <laughs> get you a green screen and all that good stuff. So. There you go. All right, then we go to the Dairyland State of Wisconsin, Paul Brittle. We never know. Is it winter? Is it summer? Is it spring? Because we know. It's never officially summer until about the fourth of July. So how are we looking?
1: Uh, and it was actually in the nineties, but it's been beautiful since then. Sixties, seventies, sunny. It's going to be a little cooler, high fifties, but no complaints here. It's better than what it's been for basically the entire year so far. So I'm happy.
2: Lawnmower is still out. Haven't put it back away yet. That thing is oh, that thing is we've fired got, up we've and got ready a few to go. Mow-
1: We've got a few mows under our belt already.
2: All right. right. So the honeydew list has gotten a little bit longer as it does when the snow goes away, although it just turns from shoveling to mowing. So I don't know how much longer it really gets. So here in Phoenix, no surprise. Hot. We're over 100. It's been in the low 100s, high 90s. A lot of sunshine. Dry as ever. And I've got this stupid tree outside of my place that sheds these really stupid, these dumb little green buds in April and May. It's like a seasonal tree. And it finally stopped shedding. You have no idea how many day, how many times a day I have to sweep the, the walkway because it's it just gets littered. And finally, it has stopped dropping the buds. This is a very celebratory time of the year for me every year. Right around this time, late May, is when things start getting better and there's less clutter on the walkway. So hot and sunny here in Phoenix. And then our friend Harry in Kamloops, Canada... Didn't actually send me the weather, but he is an honorary member of this this podcast, so I looked up the weather in Kamloops, <laughs> and it is raining right now. Cloudy and rainy, with a high of 61, low of 43, 70% chance of rain, and that's rained since yesterday through today, and then there's still a 40% chance tomorrow and Saturday. So that is your weather let's talk some packers football this is a longer one man we got a lot of a lot of entrants here don't 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 come at us and tell us people don't like the weather we've got a lot of people that said they wanted their weather read on our show so all right so we're gonna since we missed the jair news cycle obviously we go around the horn everybody give me your reaction to the jair signing good okay perfect so that's done excellent <laughs> So now we're going to talk about what's next after the Jair news. What is the next thing that's going to hit the news cycle? So it could be a signing. It could be a free agent coming in. It could be an internal move that the Packers make. It could be a cut. It could be just a story. So let's do this thing. Mark, well, since you're the furthest east, I guess we'll, we'll start with you. And uh, you intro your idea in whatever way you want. We'll go around the horn and we'll talk about all three of our opinions on what's going to be the next big Packers news story.
3: Okay, well, I, I was going to go with Aaron Rodgers' next um, love interest, but I said, nah, <laughs> we don't want to do that. So, <laughs> who knows, right? Um, no, I, this is mine's, it's not exciting, and, but I think it's going to happen. I really do. I think the next the next headline that we read is going to say something like, Packers ink Alan Lazard to long-term deal. Hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Now, they offered him the he, – he hasn't signed – his tender yet which to me is kind of interesting and that's kind of why I'm why I came up with this because why hasn't he signed it that tells me that they're probably working on something long-term right he's gonna sign it. he can't his no one else I mean he can't go anywhere else because no one offered I mean he could have signed with another team if another team would have while well, he was restricted if someone gave him another an offer sheet they would have to give the Packers a second-round pick and they could have signed him. Well, that didn't happen. So he's really no longer, he can only negotiate with the Packers. No no other team can, can sign him. So he's either going to play for the Packers or he's going to retire. So I don't think he's going to retire. So I kind of, again, I'm just adding, I'm, I'm reading the tea leaves, Paul. And I think they're working on a three, four-year deal. Um, I don't know how much it'll be for, but whatever the fair market price is for Alan mm-hmm. Lazarda. Obviously, the coaches really like him um, yep. for everything that he does, mm-hmm. not just as a receiver. He's a great blocker. He, he's willing to play special teams. He's a good guy in the locker room. I think he'll be a good influence on on, on Christian Watson and Romeo uh, Dubs and um, the kid from Nebraska that they took in the seventh round. So I think they want Lazard around for a couple more years. Perfect time to give him a three-, four-year extension.
2: He's the perfect storm of value. He's not going to break the bank and he's proven to be a good enough part that he can play a role in this this team. I mean, he's showed up and been a, a leading receiver in a couple of games and I know that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback forever and so that contract if that <laughs> happens Mark would span the transition from Rodgers to whoever else is going to play unless Rodgers does surprise us and ends up playing more than another season or two, but he just he checks all the boxes like you said. And that's that's not surprising to me. I would be in, in huge favor of, of something like that. And right now, the Packers don't have a lot of pressure on them because, like you said, there's he can't go anywhere at this point. But eventually, he's going to. And some team, probably in the NFC North, because that's what they love to do, is pluck former Packers, will throw a bunch of money at him. So the Packers have to try to get something done here. Paul, I'm sure you're – I know you're a fan of Lazard, but as far as Mark's move there, I mean, is, is that higher or lower on your list? Or what's your thought?
1: I haven't – thought about that option much at all but i really like it and as mark said as he laid out with his tea leaves it is kind of interesting that you know nothing's been done yet because it's not like he has options to go like he's speaking with other teams working out you know a different deal elsewhere it has to be in green bay as he said mark so that makes a lot of sense and as we look ahead to 2023 you know the only players that i can say confidently right now that we know are going to be On the roster, at that receiver position are Christian Watson and Romeo Romeo Dobbs. Uh, You know, Samori Toure could be, but he's a seventh-round pick. Not going to guarantee that either. Cobb very well could be in the final year. Sammy Watkins Mm. is on a one-year deal. So the wide receiver position, even though they just spent three draft picks on it, the outlook moving forward doesn't necessarily get a ton better in terms of at least depth and depth you want to rely on at the position. And as we all know, Alan Lazard provides so much to this green Bay Packers team and there is the, you know, his role in theory without Devontae Adams or his impact is going to expand this year. So by green Bay locking him up this summer before he has, you know, a career year, potentially, you know, that could save them money in the long run. And from a salary cap perspective, with a second-round tender, tender, I think it's around $3.89 million. And because it's a one-year deal, that's what the cap hit is. But if they sign him to an extension, you know, that could potentially, depending on how it's structured, because, you know, the Packers very low cap hits in the first year and then it goes up, that could actually save them a not a huge amount, but a little bit of additional cap space that they need as well. So, I, I mean, for all the reasons we discussed, I think it makes makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, I like that. I like that, too. And, I'd say, I mean, and like I said, there's, there's nothing that – there isn't really any reason why you don't do something like this, especially with the depth chart being what it is. They've got to have some guys that are going to hold over. And, yeah, I mean, you'll have Watson for a while. You get Alan Lazard. You, you maintain some of that continuity. He's still young. I mean, he's been on this team for a long time, but he's still a young guy. He's got good size. Everyone forgets he's, he's a big dude, 6'5". I mean, he's he's actually a little bit bigger than uh, taller than Christian Watson is. You got a couple of big bodies out there now, and I mean, Watson's obviously a little bit more athletic. But I like that one. That one kind of came out of. I was not expecting that one. And Mark, I did, wasn't did either. That's was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. And then uh, I know. Did it, if you have another one, we can come back around. Did you have another one? I think you said you had a couple. Me or was that your biggie?
3: No, I was kidding about Rodgers. That's <laughs> the only one I had.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. Wasn't sure if there was another one in the hopper. No, no,
3: Rodgers. Was... Uh, Roger all right, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, you know, I was going to put Aaron Rodgers with some other famous actress or something, but I said nah, I'll, I'll leave him alone. We were going
2: there. We're going the TMZ route, right? Well, I can, <laughs> yeah. I can assure you, if Mark didn't do it, that neither Paul or I are going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers' life outside of the gridiron. So, spoiler
3: alert: if you were yeah, hoping for that, Lazar, I'm sorry, Lazard's only 26. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, yeah, he's young. Yeah, 26 is young. I mean, for a guy that's been in the league, you know. Mm-hmm there there are there are rookies coming out that are 24 you know yeah so well the packers 26 is pretty young
2: no it is and the Pack that's why the packers like to draft i think players i mean Kenny Clark was an anomaly young he was even yes. 21 years right. old but because they want if they especially on a first round pick they want to be re-signing a guy when he's 25 26 years old versus 27 28 and closer to that 30 year old mark so with Lazard, though they just they again once again just Kudos to the scouting and the personnel team to find him and pluck him away from Jacksonville when they did because he turned into a really great player on the Packers. And I don't think that happens if he goes just anywhere. I think you got to put the player in the right position, right offense, right coaching staff, right focus. But listen, he's been a guy that they have been able to feature. I mean, I know I'm going way, way back, but let's. Remember, and I don't remember if Adams... I know Devontae Adams did not play in the finale in 2019 when they had to beat Detroit to get the two seed to get to get a bye week. And then if you go back to the, I think it was the Monday night game earlier that season, Lazard was the, was the man, not Devontae in that game. And I don't remember if Adams even finished that game. So he's capable of stepping up. I'm not trying to make him sound like a one. He's going to replace Adams or anything like that. Or he can't consistently be the go-to guy. But if he ends up being your leading receiver... He's perfectly capable of carrying that weight. That's what I like a lot about about Lazard. He's it's it's a no brainer. That was a really good one, Mark. Because like I said, I was everybody right now is just so news centric. Where they we keep hearing the same names. You know, Jarvis Landry's uh, out of the mix now. But like it was Landry's name, Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones, all of the usual names that were out there. And what will the Packers do? Because everybody just thinks about the here and now. But you know that one's that one's future looking. So I like that one a lot. And then we go to Paul. I don't know if, if Paul's going offense or defense or both in a way. What you got for us, Paul Bredel.
1: So mine's probably not very exciting, so I'll take it a step further. But my next headline is that following OTAs, the Green Bay Packers make a cut at the kicker position. Ooh. Right now they have three kickers on the roster, and reason I'm making this – you know, guess is because reading some really def, uh, definitive tea leaves, Rich Besaccia told us that he only expects to go into training camp with two kickers. Yeah. So he's going to use OTAs as that measuring stick to take a look at, I'm guessing, particularly J.J. Molson and Dominic Eberly, uh, you know, in addition to Mason Crosby, if he's there. I'm not sure if he usually attends OTAs or not. Uh, but Basaccia said, we you know he still has to double check with LeFleur and Gudekins, but he expects to have just two kickers heading into training camp. So I think the next big headline is going to be, if you want to call it a big headline, is that they cut one of those kickers, Eberly or Molson. I, so I told Which
3: one? Which one? Come on. I'm getting
1: there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So
3: <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: My, I'm going to guess that they cut JJ Molson. Reason wow. being. Okay.
3: Yeah.
1: Reason being because. Eberley at least has, it's not a lot, some NFL kicking experience. He also spent time in Las Vegas with Rich Bisaccia. Uh J.J. Molson, he hasn't kicked in an NFL game and doesn't have that relationship connection, which I do think plays a factor to some degree. But we'll see how OTAs and all that plays out. So as I said, that's not very exciting, so we'll take it a step further. Because if you make a cut, you're at 89 players instead of 90, which opens up a roster spot.
4: So
1: going through some of the positions the Packers could address, and you no, know, Jason, you mentioned it. Receiver is on everyone's mind. I I just don't see it happening, or at least I don't see it being Julio or Odell Beckham. No. I think Julio is out of their price range. Yeah. Um, you know, even if he does sign later in the year, because when, you know, in terms of actual cap space that they had, they have available. You know, Kenny has it around I think 2.8 million when you factor in other expenses that are coming down the road. So I know we see after the Jair extension, you know it's 15, 16 million in cap space. It's not what they truly have. Uh, well, and then when Odell Beckham, I mean we don't know when he's going to be available. This is the second ACL injury since 2020. And when we look at the receiver position, six of those spots are accounted for Lazard, Cobb, Watkins, long as he's healthy, uh, Dubs, Watson, and who am I missing? Amari Rodgers. Right, right. Those guys are going to be Green Bay Packers. That doesn't mean they can't keep a seventh if they were to sign you know, another receiver, but that also doesn't include Samari Toure, who they spent a draft pick on. Could be a uh... You know, special teams player as a gunner has experience as that at that. So I just don't see for those reasons. I don't think it's going to be receiver. So defensive side of the ball, the two positions that stand out to me are cornerback and edge rusher. So I'm going to go with that they add to the edge rusher position. Um, and one player that I have my eyes on is Justin Houston. Spent last season with the Baltimore Ravens. Still tallied, he played just under 600 snaps according to Pro Football Focus. And here in Green Bay, as a third edge rusher, he's not, he wouldn't need to even play that much here. You know, his snap count might be closer to 300, 400, you know, depending on how often they want to use him. But, you know, he could be that, like last year, Whitney Merciless, uh, third downs, obvious pass rushing situations. He still totaled 40 pressures and six sacks last year with the Ravens. And he's 33 years old, and I looked up his contract with Baltimore He signed for $1.75 million with a million-dollar signing bonus. So that's a $2.07 million cap hit. The Packers can afford that. Now, caveat I'll add to this is my gut says that they want to see how things play out at Ed Rusher first this summer through, you know, at least see how training camp goes, maybe a preseason game or two before adding to it. You know, maybe they get some additional, you know, more than what they think they're going to from, Jonathan Garvin, you know, during a certain season, or Randy Ramsey's returning. He missed all last year with an injury he suffered during the summer. Of course, they drafted Kingsley and Nagbar, but so that that's what my gut says that they might wait a little bit. But I really like the potential that Justin Houston could add again, kind of similar to what Whitney Merciless did last year. And I know they added Kingsley and Nagbar, but in the draft. But as Mark mentioned before he started recording, he's still a rookie. He's still a fifth round rookie. That's you know, there's risk involved in relying heavily on someone at that point taken in the draft. And then behind him again it's just a bunch of question marks. They're as good as Gary and Smith were last year, there was just such a such a drop off, mm-hmm. such a lack of impact plays when Huge. those two weren't on the field. Huge. And of course, going from those two to anyone is gonna be a drop off, but it was too much. Even Jason Rebrovitch the outside linebackers coach in April, meeting with reporters, he 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 didn't say that specifically, but he alluded to it. Um, and so they need a third and a fourth guy to step up. And I think adding a veteran presence to that, you know, on a on a cheap deal, is uh, the the best route to go. So, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I saw I saw someone just say
2: described? I saw someone say that Ruberovich, when he's talking, is a podium pounder. He's he's a podium tapper, so he gets excited, <laughs> which is what you want. In a defensive exactly. coach, he gets, he gets fired up. I mean, I have some thoughts. I mean, I'll just say this. The kicker thing doesn't – I'm not worried about that. The Packers will figure that whole thing out. I know that was where the, the start of your, of your thoughts go. But I have some thoughts on the, the pass rush situation. But, Mark, I'll let you go first, and, and we'll give oh. your, your, your thoughts and your reaction there because I know that you always have a lot. to. When it comes to kickers, Mark's your guy.
3: <laughs> well, no, I, I no, I agree. There, there, there's no. I, I've covered football. I covered you know the Eagles for 30, some, 32 years, and I followed you know since I've been following the Packers and Eagles, whatever. Nobody brings three kickers to camp. I've never, mm. ever, ever been in a camp where there's been three. It's kickers.
2: like if you have three kickers, you have none. It's like if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Right? That's too many.
3: No, I mean, it's, it's just too many. You don't. Yeah. You don't have time for three kickers, and it's it's, it's there's no reason. I mean so yeah they're going to cut one of the kickers and I thought I thought you were going to say Crosby I really did oh, I no. thought you were, I thought you were going to say <laughs> I to tried to lay money. it out that way <laughs> yeah, you, you had me going for a second <laughs> yeah Molson would be the one I mean if you know they're not cutting Cros- if if you think Crosby at least deserves to go to camp right so yeah they're going to keep Crosby and like you said the other guy whose name I forget right now Eberly yeah Eberly he does have a connection with with the with the coach and We've seen so far, they're letting Vasquez have his little way with special. I mean, they mm-hmm. brought in Nixon because that's his guy from the Raiders to be a, a you know a, a good special teams ace. The punter, he always liked. He said he always wanted. Yep. Him. So they're letting him decide. So Everly's got to have an edge over Molson, right? I mean, yeah. Even though Molson spent all of last year on the practice squad, I think that was more of a COVID type emergency thing than it was that they saw him as a future kicker for them. I mean, I don't know. So yeah, most of them, so for part one, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. For part two, I'm, I'm with you again, yes. They need a third ed, edge rusher and I'm not buying Randy Ramsey even a little bit. Um, Garvin, I had hopes for when they drafted him. I thought he could develop. Well, listen, it's time now. This is it, Jonathan Garvin. You've had two years, You've you've shown me very little. Now again, it's a tough position. You were a seventh round pick. You're also young, like you know, young guys. I think he's, he's still twenty
1: three.
3: Yeah, he's very young. So, but but listen, this is your third year. So, mm-hmm. you better show me something. And that's and like I said, I think you know, like you said, they'll wait and see and camp and stuff. I'm not I'm not ruling Garvin out completely, but it's time, John. It's time. I love Kingsley. Um, how do you say his last name? A Nagbar. And like, boy, I love him. I love him from South Carolina, but he's a like 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 we said, fourth you know fifth round pick. If he's your fourth guy, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very okay with him being your your number four. Rashawn Gary, his he was the 12th pick in the draft, not a fifth round pick, the 12th overall pick. <laughs> in his rookie year, he was the fourth guy. So that tells you something, right? They don't want to put too much on a rookie. They didn't they didn't they didn't, they didn't put too much on a on the guy that they spent the 12th pick on. They don't mm-hmm. want to put too much on the fifth-round pick. So, yeah, let them be your fourth guy. But they need that third guy. And if it's not Garvin, then they better go get somebody. And he, Houston's is good. To, yeah, I mean, that's, he's affordable. Um, he's been productive through his career. Durable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy I really want, I said this off the, off the air before we started, but he signed. I would love to have Kyler Fackrell back here. hmm I really would. He was he's perfect in that role. You know, he was the third guy when, when Gary was four. Yeah. I, I mean I, I don't think he'll ever have the kind of year he had when he had what, ten and a half sacks that one year. Yes. Yeah. That was kind <laughs> of a fluke. Twenty eighteen. But yeah, but I mean but he's a guy that he's he, he sets the edge well. He'll get he, I mean, if, if he plays enough, he can get you four or five sacks, I mm-hmm. think, you know. Um but uh no, he signed with the Raiders. And now, now, if the Raiders decide they don't want' them and cut cut'em, I'd be all over', them. you know I, you know like that would come later in a, later in a, in the in in camp obviously like when cuts are made. But yeah, Houston's as good as anybody else. I mean, I' I, didn't, I haven't done an extensive look at who else is available, but I would have no problem with Houston,
2: yeah, you could do a lot worse than Justin Houston for sure, right. If you put the right player in the right position, right number of snaps, as I've said before you can have a really good recipe there. So as far as the kicker thing goes, I think it's it's time that the Packers change their mindset and let the coaches have some input. You don't want to give too much away. Obviously, it's goody's team to build and Matt LaFleur is still the head coach, but part of the problem is is you just you start picking players and you don't if you don't get enough input from the coaches who are coaching them, well, then you're going to run into some issues at some point. Now I know he was a head coach, and it's a completely different story when you're the head coach; and you're responsible for everything. But Mark, you're very familiar with this guy. Bill Parcell said, "Hey, if you're gonna, if you want me to cook, I want, I want to say in what the, what the groceries are going to be." Speaking of which, I know it's completely off topic, but since we're in the offseason here, do you have any? And I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. And if not, it's okay. But like good. any good Parcells, they don't have to be related to that. But any good Parcells <laughs> stories or anything you can remember from. Your time in Philadelphia and, and talking to him—I mean, he was always witty and quick like that. But that was a good point. Give me some input. If I'm going to cook, I want to—I want to say where where the yes. groceries come from.
3: I want to buy the groceries. Yeah. Um, my my one Parcells—I mean, I have a few, but I like Bill Parcells. Always have. Um, you know, he he almost he was almost the head coach of the Packers. You know.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: They hired Mike Sherman and said, "Yep." No, no, no. Almost. What was this before that? Oh all, really? All okay. Yeah,
3: because Wolf and Parcells are very tight, and but Parcells just didn't. That's when his health was an issue a little bit, and he wanted to take some time off. My 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 Eagles Parcells story, and it's it's his, I don't know if either if either of you guys have ever read this book called No Medals for Trying. It's a great book. If you go to the library or look it up on Amazon, you can probably get it for a couple dollars on on Amazon. Very good book. It's Parcells the. The writer Jerry Eisenberg spent a spent a week. Parcells gave him like unlimited access for one week prior to an Eagles Giants game, and it's it's, it's fascinating, um, all the insight and but part you know but it, it leads up to this Eagle Giant game at the Meadowlands, um, pretty big game at the time. They were both batt- I think they were battling for first place, and that was the game. And all all during the week and to end the book how Parcells is, is is stressing to his team how windy it's going to be that that day. Well, that's the day that Randall Cunningham had a 93-yard punt or 90 91 93 whatever it was, 90 something yard <laughs> punt which is still an eagle record and it was, you know, not taking nothing away from Randall, but it was it was wind data. It, it blew over David David Meggett's head um, and that kind of that turned the whole game around. I believe the score was tied. Um they have the they have the Eagles backed up, you know, in their own end zone basically. Randall punts out of the end, but it goes ninety one yards. And then the Giants, the Eagles defense forces a three and out, the Eagles get the ball back, they score and win. Um, but that the whole the whole that book was based off, you know, leading up to the Eagles. They talk about Cunningham. And it's funny, like a lot of the stuff that he prepared for and and that's in, that's in the book happened in the game. So mm-hmm. it was it was it's it's I, I, yeah, Bill Parcells, he's probably of all the coaches I've dealt with through the years, oh, well, I got another here. To here, let me tell you this, Bill Parcells. This is kind of a, kind of funny. So he's coaching the Jets at, at this point, point. and I'm working for the Trenton Times, which became NJ.com, New Jersey paper. And we have a local kid playing for the Jets, or in, in camp with the Jets. So we sent our high school writer up to do this story on on this kid that's trying out for for the Jets undrafted kid, I I believe. Yeah, I'm sure he was undrafted, but he signed as a free agent. And um, our guy goes up there to do a story. And so, you know, he's in the Parcells' post-practice press conference, and um, he had told the Jets PR guy what he wanted to do, and the PR guy told him, well, listen, let the regular guys ask all their questions when they're done. Ask Bill about your guy, and he'll be fine. So he he's there, he, you know, he's all done. So Bill's done, and the guy asks about the whatever the kid's name was, and, Bill, Bill gives him a good answer, you know. Oh yeah, he's working hard. He's doing this. He can. He's good at that. He's, you know, he needs to work on the. A good two paragraph quote for the kid's story, right? Now the kid's done. He walks thanks. Thanks, coach. Appreciate that. He, he's walking away. Bill says, "Hey, um, when's that story going to run?" And the kid says, "Um, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to write it today. Um, it might go tomorrow, maybe Sunday." Bill says, "You might want to run it tomorrow." <laughs> Run it as soon as possible, meaning the kid's getting cut. Yeah. He ain't going to be here much longer, so uh-huh. get that story in the paper while you can. Yeah. Which is pretty cool for him to do, I think, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah. that's funny. That's a Parcells thing, though. That's, that's cool. Not, not not short on personality. <laughs> and that was cool. Like It did have a special teams tie-in there with, with Cunningham and the punt, but that's the thing is coaches that have the wherewithal to think about stuff like that, it's little intangibles like that that make – such a big difference, and I just feel like the special teams on the Packers has been ignored for such a long time. I mean, uh, I I thought Ron Zook was going to be better, and then by the end of it, it was just disgusting. It was like get that guy out of here with the you know with the bathwater after Mike McCarthy was gone, and just that last game in twenty eighteen was was so pathetic and disappointing. And then Meninga comes in, and it's just. A run back of of that was Slocum before Zook, and just all of the, the failures and catastrophic problems that they've had. Yeah, Bisaccia better have some input into what's going on here. Now, obviously, I don't want two kickers on the roster going into opening week. You know, it's like figure
3: out oh who's, there won't be
2: figure out who's kicking off, and you know, obviously Crosby's kicking field goals if he's going to be the guy. But um, you know, on that I do like two kickers in camp, though. Yeah, of course. But do nah,
3: well, but, but you remember when they brought in Giorgio Tavecchio
2: and it was Mike McCarthy said, oh, there's going to be a kicker competition?
3: <laughs> well, whatever. You, you have to say that. Yeah. No, I don't think – I've I've written I've, – I've criticized the Eagles for years for only having one punter or, or one kicker because even if you know the guy's making the team, you don't want him using his leg up every day in camp. Mm-hmm. Let that mm-hmm. other guy take those kicks in camp. Let the other guy – you know, when when you're working on your punt coverage, right? Well, don't, you don't need your regular punter taking all those punts. Let the other guy get some work.
2: Right.
1: One thing I'll say about Crosby, and I know we talked about this at, like way before free agency, we were doing like our cut em or keep him. Um, I just think there's too much risk involved for a team with the expectations that the Packers have in relying on a J.J. Molson or a Dominic Everly. You know, in what hopefully becomes you know a Super Bowl push for mm-hmm. the season, and and I think last year too, there were to it than just Crosby missing field goals. We saw bad snaps, we saw bad holds, the blocking was poor. Um, so I think that that you know not to you know make excuse for lack of a better word, but I think that that you know knows that. Rich Bisacci knows that. Brian Gudekins knows that. Um, and again, relying on Dominic Everly, who has two career field goal attempts and five extra point attempts. You know, when it's January and Lambeau, when you need a 42-yard game winner to advance to the NFC Championship, you know, that's a whole different ballgame, and you'd rather have that experience. Now, hopefully they can figure out something for kickoffs, or you know, if out, Crosby can improve in that area to get it through the end zone so you don't have as many returns, but I would just be I would be shocked if he's not the kicker
2: yeah yeah even with the cap space that can be saved winter say no more than January at Lambeau Field the guy said the guy that's done it before I mean you know I don't know about kicking a 55 yarder anymore but January at Lambeau Field if they're still playing football and it matters that much you want the guy that's got the experience and hopefully Crosby can be that guy and carry it on. If it's not him, then, then that means that Eberly or, you know, Molson, if it ends up being him had a phenomenal camp and surprised the heck out of everybody. And that would be as surprising as any, but as far as the pass rush thing goes for me, it kind of goes along with that same thing where I know Whitney Merciless had an unfortunate injury mid season and he tried to come back. That's my biggest issue right now is, is it's so hard to plan for injuries and you can't plan for who's going to get hurt and not. But I worry about bringing in someone like a Justin Houston because it's such a long season And when you get up into the over your 30s, that is not old by any stretch. But we're talking about playing professional football and the grind that it takes, and the toll it takes on the body. I worry about an older player like that. Are they going to be ready to go at the end of the season unless they come in fresh mid-year? But then is the conditioning going to be there? So that's my, my only concern. We saw Whitney Merciless get hurt. Um, it wasn't a conditioning issue, but we saw him get hurt and then he wasn't able to come back. And then he ended, ended up retiring and not playing anymore. So it's fine to bring in some experience. And there's a lot of other things that a Justin Houston would bring to this team or any veteran, but that's my, my concern is our, I think our goals are a little bit different here. We're not as concerned about September and October. You have to win those games. They're important, but our goals here, as far as what we're talking about, and I know the Packers goals are to be playing late into January. So, the durability is important there, but agree the depth of pass rusher is, it needs, you know, it needs some help. And as far as Jonathan Garvin, yeah, it's time to to show some, show out something there. But fortunately in his case, it's not a situation where he's like an Orrin Burks who was a third round pick. Now that wasn't Orrin Burks <laughs> fault that he was a third round pick, but the expectations go up when you get the higher you get drafted. So Jonathan, yeah, but, but it's true, Mark, what is it? that By the third or fourth year, you know what a guy is and isn't going to be, right? Right. That's the general That's what
3: I'm saying. This is, this is Garvin's year. He's mm-hmm. got it, and again, I'm not expecting him to be. I'm not expecting him to to, to push Smith or Gary for the right. starting job by no means. But he can't if he can be the third guy, then great, and you don't have to go out and get anybody. But I, I, right now, what he has shown me so far, no, he can't be that third guy. He's not good enough. Right now, but mm-hmm. he has this camp and this of the OTAs and mini camp and training camp to show me because I, I remember when they when they made that pick I thought oh this is this is a good seventh round pick mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. seventh round you know you, when you, you know because th- there was potential and he was young and he's athletic and he has the, the good body size and shape and all that but he's got to get it done now it's time yeah, well think, that's the interesting
2: thing. thing about the draft I was gonna say Paul and I'll I'll kick it back to you it's just real mm-hmm. quick whenever they say oh the Packers got a steal and, and a great pick here and if it's, if it's rounds five six and seven and and it's like listen there's there's so much variable in those rounds there. And, and so it's, you know, it could it could go either way. So I think like like you said, and Paul, when you said with the receivers too, you have to temper our expectations for some of those younger guys.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, because Mark, you kind of hit on it is they have Gary and Smith. They don't need to find a guy. They have two guys. They have two dudes. They need 300 snaps, 300 pass rush snaps over the course of the season. Twenty five a game somewhere in that ballpark um, just to provide a supplement to when Gary and Smith aren't in the field. I looked up these numbers. Those two are on the field 68% of the defensive snaps last year. You know, that's pretty standard among edge rushers. It's a heavily rotated position. But when you consider a 30-year defensive snaps or without one of them on the field... That, that's a lot throughout the course of a game. You know, that might end up being 20, 25 snaps. And one other note on Justin Houston, uh, he is a Georgia Bulldog, so Uh-oh. he's probably going to be a great Oh, yeah, back. There you go, exactly. <laughs> it's a
2: fit the, fit the trend, fit the mold for this year. Well, hey, if he's not available, I'm pretty sure, since since he never missed a game in his career, if you just get, call up Julius Peppers, bring him in on a Saturday <laughs> and sign send, take a picture and sign him and put it out on on Twitter at uh, you know, 11 o'clock on a Saturday and surprise the heck out of everybody again. He, he, probably, Matthews? he could you probably still Clay play. Matthews? Julius could still go out there the and The ghost get a of few Clay sacks. Matthews. The ghost of Clay Matthews, who just turned 36, I believe. Well, Peppers is older than Matthews. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, but he's also very much more durable somehow. I mean, he, probably, he could probably still play. That <laughs> guy about was. Nick Perry. He was, uh, yeah, okay, now you lost me. Now you lost me. I might have to edit that out later when, I, when I'm he's splicing a, this thing together at the end.
3: <laughs> he's younger than both of them.
2: Yeah, he and is, he? but younger, but very much less effective for sure. So Well, talk, talk about
3: durable. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's what ended his career. Was Not, yeah,
2: yeah, and he didn't, and never played a snap for anyone. He I don't know if he was in camp with anyone, but never played no, a snap for anyone else. never either.
3: signed with anyone. Never signed with anyone else. But. I'm telling you, the guy I want is Kyler Fackel. Get him back here. He's with the Raiders. He's I'm I'm looking at the Raiders depth chart. He would be their third guy right now. Maybe fourth guy. They have they have Max Crosby and Chandler Jones as their starters. Mm-hmm. And they still have that um their first round pick in twenty nineteen, Clinton Farrell. So Fackel's probably the fourth guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they took well, and they took they took Farrell ahead of Rashad Gary. I'm wondering if they're kicking themselves there. Like, mm. They took him ahead of a lot of people. They yeah, took, yeah, like, the
3: fourth overall pick. Oof, um, Yeah, they also have a third round pick from last year, Malcolm Kuntz. There's a, I mean, there's a chance Sackrell doesn't, doesn't make this team. Yeah. I tell you what, I don't, I'm sure he's not making a lot of money. If I'm Goody, I I may call the Raiders and hey, you're going to keep this guy? I'll give you a seventh round pick. Sure.
2: You could make that move now and and just make it happen because he's he's got familiarity with at least some of the defense. I mean, it wasn't his defense; it was just, it was Petten's defense when he was here. But True. he's you know he's he's at least somewhat familiar with with Green Bay for whatever that's worth. I mean, he he was, he was a decent. He played dude. with the Chargers last made, year, Brandon Staley. Well, you know what he right, made the. Exactly. Uh, he made the game ceiling play on that game against Carolina. I was in the house for that one at, at Lambeau right before uh December in twenty nineteen, stuffed him at the goal line. He was a big I think he's the one that made the initial hit on that on that play that ended that game and helped the Packers win it. They couldn't get in on fourth yeah, down. So
3: I actually think remember they were talking about the Packers wanted a first round pick and a player. They traded Devontae mm-hmm. to the Raiders, but they weren't allowed to get a player. They had to take a second round pick. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think it might have been Fackrell, might have been that player. (laughs) Paul's Paul's getting my jokes here, so I'm glad Paul's... Jason's not laughing, Paul's laughing, so...
2: Well, I can't see your face, CB. Because when we when we record, Paul and I are on camera, so I can see when Paul's Paul does this very deliberate lean to the microphone. Then I know he has something else to add. With Mark, it's just a wild card. If he jumps in, he jumps in. I have to, I have to cut myself off. I have no idea what's going on. So we don't we don't get the camera fee. We don't pay enough Mark enough to be on camera. I, that's
3: one hundred percent. I probably listen. just don't. How, I probably just don't know how to do it on my. Phone. You know, I just, I mean, he just stole out of probably a way I just one time I was. I think. You couldn't see me or something. You said. Yeah, no, I was on it.
2: You saw my feet or something. I was hoping to get a glimpse of the dog. So,
3: oh, I have a good dog.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, and it hasn't been raining or thundering, so
3: she's now. So she's, she's okay. been good. She's been good. All right. Hey, so I got to tell you. All right, I guess speaking of the, I got to tell you another story, right? we we've talked about my wife, right, not being a football fan or anything, but but learning a little more every every year, right? Right. So she wants to buy this furniture for the balcony. We've been look. We've been looking for a while. It's. I don't know if you guys know, but it's, that kind of stuff's ex- way more expensive than you think. Yes, it is. Like it's, I mean, it's really good. It's good stuff, but it's really expensive. So we were looking around. to get these like nice chairs and the table and whatever, right? So she tells me this is a couple of days ago. She says, oh, on this, whatever she goes, one of these sites, she goes a mar- marketplace or something. I don't I don't know any of these things. Is there like a thing called Facebook marketplace yes. or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, this guy's selling this. It's four chairs and a table, and it's a pretty good price. And I'm like, uh, pretty good price wasn't to me at first, wasn't all that pretty good, but it turned out it was really good. So I'm like, all right, we really want it. Yeah, just make him an offer. I don't know how we're going to get it, but yeah, well, okay, if you want. So I don't even look at it. If he tells me it's nice. I, I believe. It. Well, guess what colors the, the furniture is?
2: Please don't say purple and yellow oh god no okay. i wouldn't, I was I wouldn't guess. let it <laughs> out no Greeny green yellow. and
3: gold <laughs> green and yellow green and gold it's packer colors. packer green and gold <laughs> and she says, once when i get it, i'm like oh my god i love this furniture she's like oh i didn't even think of that yeah it's packer colors right i'm like yeah she goes i should have told you that off off to go i said yeah and you would have got it immediately i wouldn't well, have been having sure. a haul for a while yeah so now now she says she has to get She wants to get like like you know you can put little pillows on the on the chairs man she wants to get packer pillows now He's coming around. Yeah. He's really coming around now.
1: Good. Slowly but surely. Good.
2: One little – one step at a time. Build that roster. You know, draft and develop, Mark. Draft and develop. You draft
3: it, now you get to develop. I think he just likes Matt LaFleur, to be honest with you. (laughs) That's – whatever works. Uh, I don't know that for a fact. I think he's like, like, oh, is that coach on TV again? Like, yeah. Okay, so there we go.
2: Whatever works. All right, so then we come around to me and what's my my thing. Well, I kind of – I kind of of cheated a little bit earlier because I I made it sound like I I was kind of tipping mine, but I didn't because I was more looking for reaction. So mine is an internal move that I think the Packers will make because everyone's been talking. I've I've seen a lot of like, what do you think the Packers will do next on Twitter? Because that's what we do. As soon as the first guy, the next guy is signed, we can't help but start sweating and pining over the next one. And I've seen a lot of Elton Jenkins, but unfortunately, his injury situation is going to probably make the Packers wait it out a little bit before they give him another deal. Now, he's after after this um this season, um this is it. Twenty two is the last year of his contract, and then he's he's a free agent because he was a second round pick. So four year deal. So twenty twenty two is the last year of his contract. So they certainly are going to have a decision to make at some point. I don't know when that's going to be, but Mark, you, you made you made the point earlier when I said I don't think that that they would bring Adrian Amos back was more kind of looking for the reaction there because when they drafted darnell savage everybody hoped savage would become you know obviously you, you know, the the next as productive as nick collins he wasn't going to be the next nick collins because Collins was really special there but i i think they were hoping savage would be the guy but it's been amos who's been the guy i mean i think back to that runs that big stuff that he made on fourth down against the rams a team that ended up going on to win the super bowl late in the season against uh in the at Lambo and how productive and how good he's been. I mean, when they signed Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Billy Turner, Adrian Amos, who thought Amos would end up being the you know the the biggest producer of the group? Cuz Zadarius is gone, Billy Turner is gone, and you could argue Amos and Preston Smith, you know, back and forth as far as how productive, been. but Adrian Amos has been the guy. So I think and he's his contract is up after 2022 as well. So he's 29 years old. He's got eight years in the in the league. Darnell Savage still hasn't turned that corner. I think it's I think Amos is very ripe for a contract extension. So I think Amos is probably going to be the next one that's that's going to get some years added to his deal because, like you said, Mark, no safety added in this draft. And there's not as far as the Henry Black is gone. And I know Henry Black is not a key key piece and he's not a big time contributor. But when you don't have the depth obviously the team is is read the tea leaves they're telegraphing right there that they like the guys that they have well then you better lock them up because darnell savage is is a free agent after the 23 season amos is a free agent after this season what are you going to what are you going to do what's your plan so unless they have a plan on bringing somebody in or drafting someone which the draft you never know i think it's adrian amos in the in the backfield because you've put this huge investment into all of your cornerbacks now why blow it by not having the safeties behind him? So Paul, we'll start with you. Adrian Amos getting extended. I mean I don't I don't know what the, the years and figure would be. It looks like he he's counting twelve twelve million against the cap this year. I would assume it's probably gonna be a little more than that because the contract was done a while ago, and the Packers will figure out the money, but who else do they have at safety? I think he's a key piece they have to lock up.
1: I thought for sure that was gonna be one of the moves already made this off season, one, to lower the cap it that you already mentioned. Two, he's 29 years old. So if he, you know, even a four-year extension, I think he turns 30 later this year. Mm-hmm. So say he were to take out that contract, that's 34. But we know how the Packers structure contracts. They usually have a way out after two years. Um, so I don't see age or anything like that being an issue. And I think I said on here before, he puts the word safe and safety. He's just Mr. Reliable back there as a tackler. Um, against the pass, against the run. that Like I said, that was one of the moves that I probably would have, or I did, you know, maybe not ex- maybe expect is a strong word, but, you know, certainly thought was a strong possibility. We'll word it that way uh, this offseason for all the reasons just mentioned. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just, and Mark, easy, low-hanging fruit. You called it. They didn't draft the safety. They need they need to lock this guy up, and he's not yet 30 years old. I mean, give me one good reason why they, why they don't extend him.
5: With twenty five percent off at virtual.com slash podcast.
3: No, I love Amos. I mean, that was a great signing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. That would, I, yeah. There's no reason not to extend them. And like we, like you said, like we were talking prior about, they. You usually get an idea of who they like or who they not so crazy about by how they draft. I mean, um, you know, they they when they. When they're drafting a lot of linemen, mm-hmm. for instance, you know, okay, well, they're draft, Billy Turner could be gone, or just you know, last year Lindsley was gone. You know, you know what they're heading. You know, they didn't, and there were safeties available. You know, when mm-hmm. they took Wyatt, who they loved, Lucine was, yep. was there, and was there, and the kid from Michigan was Dexton there. Right? They were both. Well. They were both there. They could have had one of them. No, nope, they have decided not to. Um, I think they were both there when they moved up for Watson. Were they both there when they moved up for Watson? I believe so. No, yeah. they were both
1: gone. Oh, for Watson, they to, were gone. Scene went to Minnesota. Hill oh, yeah. took Cincinnati. Yeah, they were off. All
3: right, never mind. Okay, but they could have had him with the Wyatt pick. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then there were other safeties, too. besides I mean, they were the top two. After Hamilton, they were the top two. But there were other guys. A kid from um, Maryland. Nick Cross. people liked Cross. There was... Um, there were a few, the, kid was the Penn State Brisker, they're who they could have gotten. They they ignored it. They ignored safety. So that tells me that they don't see a need. They are going to keep Amos and Savage around for a couple more years, you know. And they did they did give Savage the qualifying offer, which we some people weren't sure. Fifth year, I yeah, they fifth would. year option. So they did. So they do have him for another year. But yeah, it's, it's time. Amos is a guy. I would think, of yeah, of all the potential free agents to be, uh, he'd be number one on my list. I believe. Like you said, Jenkins has another year, right?
2: Yeah. Well, this, this is no, This 22. is the last year. This is the last year of his deal. Oh. But but I think the Packers. I, I, I don't see any re- unless something wacky happens with his recovery or he has like just a, a terrible surgeon or you know which is we would have known we would know by now because I think he was at the he was at the Bucks game. With some of the other guys, it was it was not that that's an indication that he's healthy, but he seems to be okay. I think we would have heard something by now if there was right. an issue. So I think the Packers have that earmarked, but that's probably for later. They probably want a little bit more information on how he's recovering and if he's going to make it, if he's going to be able to come back around pup time, which is what it's still six weeks that he has to miss. Mm-hmm. He'll miss at least the first top, six weeks yeah, of the six. season. Now, I don't, I don't know top. that he'd be ready to go by then. But if if he's healing faster than normal, I mean, it, we're all we're all still kind of, you know, I guess not um, shell shocked, but just the whole David Bakhtiari thing has us all a little bit more conservative in terms of what we expect for players to come back. But Bakhtiari was also an outlier there. I don't think most players go through some of the issues he had getting back on the field. So they'll they'll get that thing done. But I just like I said, why would you put so much risk on the back end of the defense when you've got all these great. You brought back Roswell Douglas. You you got Jair Alexander signed. You hope Eric Stokes takes a huge year two jump, and then you're going to put the equivalent of you know, and obviously Savage and Amos are better than these guys, but you know, some of the the safeties that they've they've had in the you know in the years past where you had to look up their their name because you couldn't remember them. <laughs> so <laughs> it just you know, Jeron McMillan. There's one that comes comes to mind right there. Great hair, but now I don't know. So just
1: the. Just to play devil's advocate, do you think there's too many big deals on the books where they have to make a tough decision, and maybe that means not extending Amos? Because, like, I, I looked ahead to next year, so it's like a month ago, and six players cap hit-wise account for $125 million in cap space next year.
3: Who are those six?
1: Um, Rodgers, Bakhtiari, right. Clark, Jones, maybe Campbell, Preston Smith, is something like that.
3: Jones, um, is, done. Jones is done.
1: Right, this and that's where Eric I was going. Jones. There's ways to create cap space, we know that, but they still have to extend Jenkins. They're still right. going to extend Rashawn Gary. Um, you know, Jair, I know his cap hit small in 23, but it's going to get bigger those following years. So, again, just playing devil's advocate to see well, if I, could could that lead to a difficult decision and go maybe we just can't make that work
3: well that's why you do it now maybe be um, i don't know it depends on i mean i don't know what he's going to be asking for mm-hmm. i mean if he's asking for crazy money then no you can't um and i don't think i mean i don't know yeah if he wants you know money that they can't afford then nothing but Again, I just base it off they didn't draft a safety anywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess they did in the seventh round. They took the kid, but he's a special team. He might even be more linebacker than
1: than, than safety. I think LaFleur said he's going to spend more time with the
3: inside linebackers. Yeah, he's too big. Um, So they really, I mean, unless Vernon Scott becomes more than what I think he is, they don't, there's not a safety on his, I don't even know if they have a good third safety right now. So, uh, yeah, no, they got to. I know what you're saying, Paul. You, you you can't keep everybody, and you can't pay everybody, right? Um, I, and I hate to say this, but they did draft a bunch of linemen. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe 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 Jenkins is the guy they don't ex- extend. And I hate to say
2: that. Well, that could great. be, but if and he they, is truly going to be the right tackle of the future, you can't let a starting caliber tackle go. I could if it's a if it's a guard. Well, I, agree. He's,
3: oh, I'm, I, I I don't want Kankins. I don't. I'd love to see. But I'm just saying, they did address multiple times the offensive line. They took a kid in the third round. They took another one in the fourth round, and they took the kid from Penn State, who everybody says is a steal in the seventh round. They didn't take a safety in any round. You know, I would did they.
5: So,
1: I think the offensive line they almost had to because say Jenkins is healthy, your backups would have been Cole Van Lannen, Jake Hansen,
3: Lucas Yach-Nin. Minette. How about Yash? Yach. Josh is pretty good.
1: Okay, so Yach-Nin. you have one so you have one swing tackle, but right. how many teams have
3: four good tackles? Nobody.
2: Yeah, that's
1: true.
3: Some don't have two. <laughs> so I mean But Tom I think and Ryan could all...
1: both be guards. That's where I was going with that.
3: Right. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. They're so vert I love this offensive line. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think this is a this offensive line is good, young, deep. Uh, you know, it's I. This is this is when I. Again, I'm I'm maybe I'm I'm hoping that a guy like Ryan is better than than I. We, we don't know. We haven't seen him play yet. But I, just everything I hear about him, he's he's going to be pretty good. Same with Tom. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's going to be a, a very good backup at, at worst. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you still have Runyon and Myers and um, Newman mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and Yash and even Van Lanning. I mean, I don't. You know, I, I always d- defer to you on him because you saw him play a lot more in college mm-hmm. than any of us did. I mean, as a if he's your ninth or tenth guy, mm-hmm. that's not bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I, 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 like this offensive line. Um, Absolutely. And then, like you know, if you throw when Jenkins does come back. Wow, I mean, yeah. they're going to be. There's gonna be a couple good linemen not starting. Mm I don't even know who.
2: Yeah, it's (laughs) it's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to to have if they if they have it. But but I just I just yeah. But at, at this point right now, I mean, I'm just tunnel vision. 2022, like we did the last two years. Okay, let's go out and win it. And every year there's been some reason why they haven't done it. But if they're gonna get it done this year, then just make sure. And and if they think the window, if they have a window of, of next year as well, you got to figure it out. I just, at this point right now, I'm ignorant to the cap. I love not knowing much about it and how it really works. And I love the fact that Russ Ball always seems to find a way to make it work. So it's like, look, just get Amos taken care of for the next couple of years so that we're not sweating in bullets and worrying about what the safety position is going to be, and that you've got all these great corners up front, but nobody can keep anyone in front of them on the back end. So he also seems
3: to like it here, right, mm-hmm. Amos? Yeah, he for seems sure. to like Green yeah. Bay. He yeah. seems to like the team. The well, he coaches. definitely
2: doesn't miss Chicago the way he tweets. <laughs> so
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't. Well, he wouldn't go back there. I don't think he's going back there.
2: Right. Well, they, you don't make that mistake twice as a player, unless unless they're the only team calling up. But. Yeah, I think he he genuinely does. He enjoys it. He's a, he's turned into a good Green Bay Packer and and hopefully he's I mean there's a bunch of guys on this team that I want to see get a a trophy as members of the Packers because they just have done such such great things. A year ago, Zadarius would have been one of those guys. Now I can't wait for him to watch Green Bay hopefully standing on a podium without him lifting up a a trophy, but Amos would be one of those guys for sure that came in and helped solidify things. You know, you always appreciate free agents that come in and and kind of hang their hat in Green Bay. And I mean, no, not everybody's going to turn into Charles Woodson. That's kind of the one you know, once in a lifetime type of a deal. But a guy that comes in and makes an impact and really like like a peppers. You know, like you wanted those guys to to find success and and accomplish what they came to Green Bay to do. Because it's like, look, it's not the flashiest town to live in. It's cold as heck in the winter. You know, so I get all that. There's plenty of fun things to whoa, do. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah, well. Whoa. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, but, but, well, and I'm biased, though, because I see, I appreciate those, those things. And that's why, like, cold weather games, I'm not worried about going to them. It's almost kind of more fun for me because I grew up in that weather. So there's a nostalgic aspect to it. But when you didn't grow up in it, I can see how that might factor in there. But that's, that's my take on that whole thing. So these were pretty good. These were, these are pretty good. So Alan Lazard gets extended. Adrian Amos gets extended, and Mason Crosby loses one of his top two (laughs) big-leg competitors in training camp. Rich Basaccia has a voice in the room, says Paul Brettel. So, all right, Paul, we'll start with you. Since we usually start with Mark, we'll start with you. Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, before we sign off, what is up now and what is coming up?
1: So I've been doing uh, closer looks at each of the draft picks, made my way through all them, took a look at the positional need prior to the draft you know, given that prospect's position, uh, what their potential role could be as a rookie, some stats you need to know, and then some pre-draft reports. So, And now I'm on to the undrafted rookie class. Just knocked out the first one, B.J. Baylor running back from Oregon State. So that's the big thing I'm kind of working my way through right now. And then just kind of stuff that pops up. I um, wrote also about how the slot cornerback position, how it's going to be most likely a by-committee approach, you know, there isn't going to be one guy who fills that role like we saw p- the last couple of years where that was primarily Shannon Sullivan's job. So just kind of seeing what comes up. And then also wrote about uh, the the kicker situation and what Passaccia had to say to reporters about going from three to two and all of that stuff.
2: Good deal. And Mark over at Packer Report.
3: Uh, up there now is a story on um, what I think the three biggest, what we've kind of a little, little bit what we talked about tonight, um, the three biggest needs on the team still after you know after what on paper was a good draft a um, couple free agents excuse me free agent signings what their biggest needs are and then coming up um, later today I'm not sure yet I have I got time to sit down tomorrow this morning and and I'll come up with something and we'll have that up there as well
2: and it will be phenomenal and fantastic <laughs> and it'll probably end up being one of your better pieces because it'll come to you in the middle of the night Right. Perfect. And if there's enough big news and stories going on, there'll be a Quick Slants podcast, a game on Wisconsin on Monday. Otherwise, we'll wait until something good happens and we get through some of these doldrums of the offseason of the NFL. But in the meantime, thank you, everybody, for listening in. Thanks, everyone, who sent in their weather. If you want to get your weather read on the show, send it to either Paul, Mark, or myself. The DMs are open. Send it on over our way or tweet at us. Otherwise, everybody, enjoy the rest of your week and an upcoming weekend. Hope you're enjoying the warmer weather wherever you're at. And as always, Go Pack Go!